Morning again. How are we feeling? That's good. Pretty good. Good enough? Is that the new norm? Yeah. I don't know. We get we get we get we catch on to slogans, don't we? Our culture. Um, one that was funny was kind of in my own family. It, it, it comes from a friend that way back. Question would be asked, well, how are you doing? I said, how much time do you have? It, it's our culture, we're, we're easy to give a quick, good, you know, good. We don't want to. We don't want to, you know, burden somebody with problems. But really, the church is meant to bear one another's burdens. We we know that. And if one body member of the body hurts, uh, all of us we we hurt with that person or member. And uh, so, church. Uh, to be a safe place to come. Because it's people who are have like precious faith. We have we have the common ground, so to speak, in the Lord. We are brother and sister in the Lord. We are family because of the Lord. And so when there's a problem or a conflict in family or in any way it's it's going to hurt because we care and we love remember if we didn't love we wouldn't have to take any risk and sadly sometimes people turn that way so they don't get hurt again and so I, I want to encourage by the word of the Lord, that the book of Hebrews, as we're going to go back to it, a couple more chapters left, we're going to be going into the 11th chapter, which is probably one of my favorite, one of my most favorite portions of, of, of the Bible. I, I love to talk, I love to preach on faith, because I, faith is where it's at. Faith in what? Faith in God, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ specifically. Uh, sometimes, it, in a way, we need to ask if it's if it's if you feel it's okay when you, they know you, they care about you. How are you doing? How are you doing with your faith? Is another question. Because Satan wants to rob us of your faith. Satan wants to destroy you in your belief system to get you to doubt if he can do that that he can hinder your prayer life hinder your witness cause havoc in your whole uh, life life and family so the book of Hebrews with emphasis on what the Lord has done on the cross he's finished the work there's emphasis on not drifting earlier in the book it says don't drift lest you know Guard your faith. Be careful not to drift, to shrink back. 
over and over he, he emphasizes that the blood of Jesus is our, is our, our protector. It's, that's where we keep uh, able to keep going forward in the things that God has called us to. It's not by our righteousness. Part of the problem that Paul was addressing in Romans was that the people have become righteous in their own self. Self-righteousness does, does not work in the kingdom of God. But his righteousness and his alone. So the tenth chapter was a bit of a there's a bit of a verse or two that I, I didn't get into it last Sunday. And uh, I don't want to think that, well, that's a too hard of a verse. Pastor didn't want to deal with that. Granted, there are hard past past passages in the Bible. But it's at the end of the 10th chapter, and I'm sure you've read this from time to time, you think, well, what, what's going on here? Verse 26, he just had talked about assembling themselves together, encouraging one another. And then he goes right into this statement, verse 26 of the 10th chapter, for if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. But a certain terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which would consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much severe punishment do you think he will deserve who has trampled under the foot the Son of God and has regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, and he has insulted the spirit of grace. Where's the problem here? The problem, as I see it, the person that knows the way but chooses to reject it, chooses to say no to God. What is it saying? There no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. What does that mean? In other words, if you throw the Son of God away, there's no other sacrifice. If you choose to say no to Jesus, there's no other way in which we can be saved. And it's not God's problem. God has come to save us. I have, you know, people have, I think, have said somewhere down the line in my life, why would why are there so many bad things in the world? If there's a really a God, why are all these bad things happening? Or would really would God send anyone to hell? That's another one. If He really loved people, God hasn't doesn't want to send anyone to hell. God has provided escape for us. God has provided a way to escape eternity without Him. And so our problem and man's problem is this choosing him, whether to choose self or to choose Jesus. And so Jesus wants to save. God's heart is to save. But man's will is also in place. When a man chooses not to accept the Lord and their consequences, and I just say God is the judge because that's what the scripture says. I don't have to judge that. I don't want to get caught up in that. 
Jesus, and God is the judge. So just wanted to include that the whole that's more of the book of Hebrews. And it's more as we go on, it gets it gets more it, it begins to become more encouraging because you think what the Lord did for you and I in spite of who we were. Amen? In spite of what we deserve, that's that's mercy. What I deserve is eternity without him. That's that's mercy and grace. So I'm going to get down a little bit. The last part of the chapter, I wanted to conclude, include a couple of verses before we get into the, it sets the, 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 the stage for chapter 11. Verse 36, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Why does he say you have need of endurance? Well, we all get tired. We grow weary in the battle. At time to time, we grow weary in doing good. But the Bible says, don't grow weary in doing good. You shall reap in due time. But granted, the, the humanity of us, we're all really human, but with the Lord. And we know where our strength, we know where our victory, we know where our secret is in our strength. And yet, he includes the scripture. He pulls a verse out of Habakkuk. Verse 37, For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Well, for the, it's good news with, if you're going through a hard stage of life, if you are being persecuted like many of these were in those days, it's good news to think the Lord's going to come and get you out of the mess. That he's going to rest, he's going to pull you out, and you're going to go to a better place. But verse 38, he backs up, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And, and so he's like saying, even when you're going through the trials of this world, even when you're in tribulation in this world, I want you to have faith in me. And that's where faith there's a whole lot that has to do with faith. We have faith for lots of things. We have faith that we can, you know, go to the supermarket and find what we want. We, we just sometimes get used to it. What if, what if the day came when we couldn't have the things that we used to? What would we do? Would we keep having faith in our Lord? If he shrinks back, verse 38 again, Hebrews 10. If he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. In other words, we're going to read in just a bit, faith is the thing that pleases God above everything else. Faith, faith that goes beyond our circumstances and sees a God in heaven that is who he said he is. Has he not said to us, I will come back? Has he not said to us, I'm going to prepare a place for you? Has he not said to those who are being persecuted? In the book of Revelations, he says, even if some of you are going to die, but hang on, 
be faithful to the end. What did he say? I will give you the crown of life. And so for the man or woman of God, faith is it's, it's just the, so foundational. The church needs to understand that our faith is not in circumstances or people. Our faith needs to be in the Lord. And he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So let's now dive into Hebrews chapter 11. It's a wonderful uh, portion of scripture that deals, and I call this by faith because over and over again he mentions uh, by faith, by faith. Well, let's look first of all, why is faith so important? Verse 1, right off the bat, now faith is insurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. Have you ever had a sense that God was just going to take care of it, but you didn't know how? Have you ever had this peace that you should be upset? You should be in the natural, you would be in turmoil, but you have this peace. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. Wasn't it Paul that wrote to the church of Corinth and said, we walk by faith and not by sight? Even when the, the world is saying you're crazy, why are you doing that? And when the book of Nehemiah, in the day of Nehemiah, as they were building and rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem, the world, the enemy, looked on and said, you're crazy. They were mocked. They were, try, they were trying to get them to stop working and doing the work of the Lord. And that is exactly what the enemy wants to put in you as a fear. But we've got to get a hold of the bedrock of Jesus Christ. Faith is seeing things that aren't there yet. Faith is seeing Loved one coming to Jesus, though they're not there yet. Faith is believing for people's salvation, though they are not there yet. Fact of the matter is, you may not see their salvation in your lifetime. Does not get you to stop praying and thanking, because some of the examples that we're, we're going to just we're gonna, not going to read all of them. But some of them at verse 13, skipping forward now, makes our text verse, text verse really scramble because this is not in there. Okay, he's pulling verses all over the place. But let me, just bear with me. All these died in faith. Verse 13, all these died in faith. Without receiving the promises. Have you ever... You mean to tell me they kept the faith without getting to the promised land? Yeah. Because what? Because God said it was going to happen. But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance, Moses never got to go into the promised land. Why? Because he messed up. 
Because God, God was just. God, God did not reward that burst of anger and taking things into his own hands. It doesn't mean that he's not in heaven. It means that he missed out on some reward. But he saw it from a distance. And I happen to believe that, I, I liken this too. We're not in heaven yet. This is not heaven. You're in the earth. You're on the earth is a better way to say it. You are on the earth. You are not in heaven yet. So I like heaven now. I want to have a little heaven now. And we can to a degree. But this is not heaven, is it? You don't don't even have to pinch yourself. You know this is not heaven. The battle is raging for people to stop believing that there is a God who loves them and is for them. The battle wants to go this way. Well, if your God is so great, then why doesn't he? Why are so many things happening to you that are hard? And he'll try to get us to stop, to start thinking and doubting if he can, to get us to stop believing. One of the enemies, one of the one of the ways he works so often is through discouragement in any way, form, or fashion. And then he says, the 10th chapter we read last Sunday, forsake not the assembling yourselves together all the more as you see the final day approaching. What does that mean? The closer we get to the end of time, the more we need to be connected with God and one another. Because not only for our sake, but for your brother and sister's sake. To encourage one another on. To stay strong. Faith is so important that Romans said, when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, believe in your heart, that's where the faith comes in. You're not merely intellectually just saying, well, God, you, I know who you are, but... I, I am putting my faith and trust in what you've done for me, and I'm, and I'm declaring you are my Savior. When you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that is the word of faith which we are preaching. Paul preached this where he went. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. He preached to people that would want to drive him out because it was heresy to them. What are you talking about? What do you mean we don't have to do that ceremonial law thing anymore? And we get self-righteous. What was the problem through the Old Testament and, and the law? And as they started replacing the law of doing and it became their, it took away their faith and trust. It started to become what they could do. They started to lean on the arm of the flesh. 
And that's not going to get us anywhere. Is it? So why is faith so important? We're going to read on. 11th chapter. Let's go now back. I'm skipping down to verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So we could ask the question, what pleases God? What absolutely gets God's attention? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is. That he is the only one. That he is who he said he is. That he is the true God. There is no other God beside him. That he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Did you know that it pays to seek the Lord? I believe you do. I believe you do. The psalmist said it, 103rd Psalm, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Friends, his benefits start now. Amen? His benefits are now. Salvation is just the beginning. Salvation has to do with what God has done. Salvation comes when we believe what the Lord has done to take away my sin. And we ask the Lord to be in our lives. Salvation, I've been thinking of that lately. I'll pray sometimes for families in the church. Lord, I pray that the whole family, I pray for salvation in that whole family. God wants to save, but he's looking for people that will intercede and that will pray and fill in the gap and call names out to the Lord. Now the benefits, back to Psalm 103, here's some of them. Number one, he pardons all your iniquities. And I didn't say antiquities, antiques. He says iniquities has to do with sin. We were separated from God because of our sin. We're separated, but now he has brought us in relationship. He heals all your diseases. For the brother and sister and in the Lord, we have access to the healing, to the healer. We have access. He's the healer. His nature is to heal. He heals all your diseases. And who redeems your life from the pit? That's a good thing. Redemption. Redemption is what he's done for us. The pit who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. And now I like this one. Who satisfies your years with good things. I'm not thinking about a new truck, new kitchen, cabinets. All those things are nice and they're blessings. And God can bless us that way. 
But we, you and I, we know that's not where the real treasure is. Right? The real treasure is that we have peace with God and that we can owe no man nothing except the love. That we have, we have released any unforgiveness, that we have released any bitterness, because he was going to talk about that toward the end. It's knowing that your relationship is in right relationship, right standing. It's knowing that he is looking down and he's for you. His eye is on the sparrow. He knows the number of hairs in your head. What do you mean? He cares about the littlest thing? Yep. Those things that bother you, he cares about. Those weights and those burdens that are weighing you down, he cares about. And he wants you to transfer that onto him. Now we're going to move on. We'll get right into it now. He, gets, he just begins to list by faith, by faith. We don't have time to go through them all, but let's just pick out some of the, some of the ones that are, that are here. We know, we know all about Noah, at least to a, to a degree. Verse 7, by faith, Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen. Can you imagine what Noah thought when God said there's going to be a flood? And there's going to be rain? And they've never seen rain. God watered the earth in a different way. And he didn't argue with God. He says, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Can you just imagine, have you ever set out, maybe you were on a trip, vacation. The best vacation I can remember is we weren't sure where we were going. We're just going to start out and go west. And we kind of had a general idea, and we knew some of the basic sites. But isn't it kind of fun to just see what the Lord has and opens the doors? You talk about adventure. In those days, we started out with a little Plymouth Valari. It was donated to us by Carrie's father. Loved that little car. He fixed it up. It was pretty, a little green thing. First night out, flat tire. First night out, flat tire. But you know what? We were happy to have that little car, and we got to where the next thing was, it was Sunday morning, we were going to find a church. Of course, we were looking for something we, that we were familiar with, Assembly of God, I don't know what if it was, but we found some believers, and in that little church, we said to someone, we have a dilemma, we have a flat tire, and it's Sunday, and we want to keep moving. Can you help us out? And 
sure enough, there was a farmer said, I think I've got a tire that'll fit your car. And he helped us out. And away we go. We were just young kids. Well, I was 20, 27. And Carrie was a kid. Anyway, just kind of free. I believe the Lord wants us to live in his freedom. And what I'm saying to that is we don't have to carry many burdens. Actually, really, he doesn't, he doesn't expect us to carry more than he's placed on you. There will always be a degree of weight that you've got to carry in this world. But you know what? I cannot carry very much in comparison with the Lord can carry. And I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is having faith in God, faith in the one who said, I will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And if I'm praying for things to change in a loved one's life or the things to turn around, for someone to get a hold of truth, then I've got to believe it. Even if I don't see it in my lifetime. I'm going to keep praying. Examples of faith Go on from there. Moses was another one. Unbelievable story. By faith, I wanted to spend a little extra time with Abraham. Did you know that was it Abraham that believed and it was reckoned unto him as, as righteousness? Abraham believed. What did he believe? He believed God who was who he said he was. And did you know that Abraham didn't have a son? Sarai was getting over the hill. And did you know, and you do remember, I think you do, that the angel came and made an announcement. Hebrews 11, 11. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, she, since she considered him faithful who has promised. But my third point moves to this. Faith tested. You mean to tell me that God will test me in my faith? How many have ever been tested? Is it really necessary, Lord? James chapter 1, before we go and look at Abraham's story. James 1 verse 2 through four reads, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, what, what? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces muscle, endurance. In other words, I'm not going to grow in my faith unless I have something called, what is it? 
that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So the story is fascinating. Way over in the book of Genesis, chapter 22. We read it right out of the text. Genesis 22.1, now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And when God says your name, you need to say, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, of which I will tell you. Well, immediately, Abraham got mad and argued with God. No, he didn't. He didn't? We don't see it yet. Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of the young men with him, Isaac, his son, and he split wood for the burnt offering. He arose and went to the place of which God had told him, and on the third day Abraham raised his eyes, saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the lad will go yonder, and we will worship and return to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife, and the two of them walked on together. Isn't this simple? Isn't this a shadow of Jesus? Place the wood on Isaac. Isn't this a type of Christ? Could it be? And Isaac spoke to Abraham, verse 7. This is really interesting. I don't know what I would have said. And Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire of the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Isaac is starting to ask questions. And look what Abraham said. God will provide. Under. That was faith. Seeing past the situation. So the two of them walked on together. They came to the place which God had told them. Abraham built the altar there, arranged the wood, bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar at the top of the wood, stretched his knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And how relieved Abraham must have been. It was a test all the way to the end. Abraham. Abraham, he passed the test. And I don't like tests, never have, probably never will, but sometimes it's necessary if it will cause us to grow in our faith. You mean to tell me the Lord loves you so much more that I can understand it, even though it costs hard trials. And my part is not to lose faith, but to grow in faith. If we would choose 
of trust in the Lord, then we can keep going forward and get up and take one more step, even when it's hard. God understands everyone's grief at times, everyone's loss. He understands when you don't have words to put in to express your heart's brokenness and fear. But there's something about the pain that sometimes we are brought to when we just simply lay it before the Lord and say, I can't do it anymore. And there's a place called surrender. You lay it before the Lord. And that faith stays ablaze. And other people, as they are looking on, wonder how you can do it. And all you can say is not me, but it's the Lord Himself. By the grace of God. In this little chapter, we know as the faith chapter in Scripture. There's a whole host of other people that are listed. Before we end, in verse 36 of Hebrews 11, you just talked about a list of people mentioning names. Then he says these, this little phrase in Hebrews 11:36. He says, "Others." He says, others experienced mocking scourgings. Yes, chains and imprisonment. We don't know their names, but God knows their names. And God keeps record. And God takes notice of others. And there are a lot of others, and on and on, in our world, in the church of Jesus Christ that are experiencing similar types of persecution. That has always been persecution in the church, but there seems to be more persecution in other places. That does not mean that we were not we are not going to receive some kind of persecution in some way. Let's just be willing to say, Lord, I choose to trust you anyway. And I will never denounce my the help of God my strength. And I will look to him all the way and I will find him waiting for me. If death should come unexpectedly, whatever it may be, I don't have to fear. God is going to And he's the one who will honor and he's the one who keeps record. All we have to do really in this world is only two things that really matter. Love God and love your neighbor. It sums it all up. Love God, love your neighbor. My faith was tested a little bit the other day. It was okay. I think I did okay. A man was upset because I pulled in on his property. I was doing the job. I was going to get room for the readiness. But, you know, he didn't have very kind words to say. And I don't want to repeat anything. But I knew I was guilty. He was, he was kind of looking at the other guys that were the builders. And 
And I just kind of walked out of the hole and I said, Sir, I don't know if I said sir, but I said, I'm the one, I'm guilty, I apologize. Then he raged for a little while and he didn't look at me. I kind of looked back and, you know, I was kind of hoping maybe. I didn't want to have any hard feelings. I think think he maybe, maybe, maybe there was a little part of him that felt foolish. You know what the Bible says when you're in a heated argument? You know, you know what it says? A gentle answer turns into wrath. It's in 15, Proverbs 15. See, sometimes our faith is tested in heated moments. Stuff like that happens. We make mistakes. But am I willing to humble myself and say I'm wrong? It's okay. It's okay. We're we're not going to win anybody, are we? If we're going to we're going to lash out, we're not going to win them. May we have the love of Christ, Jesus. I believe when He spoke, He. He spoke with authority. He silenced the enemy. He silenced those who were being used by the enemy. He rebuked Satan, even in Peter. And Peter tried to say, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to die for you, man. I just. No way, man. Listen, Peter, you, you're going to deny me. What we really need is a fresh touch. Peter changed. Later, he, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So there was the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was made alive in him so that he could have the power he needed. When he was accused, Jesus was beaten and bruised and bleeding. He could have called for all the angels needed. He chose to give his life. Why? So you and I could have eternal life and be with them. And so when we talk about our faith, it's faith in the one who has provided a way for us.